6.47 on this Wednesday morning. Lots coming up still on the show. But let's quickly look at the latest around COVID-19 in South Africa. That is, of course, the address by our president, Cyril Ramaphosa, last night. And uh, it was him telling us about the economic and social relief measures that have been put in place to form part of the response towards the coronavirus pandemic and how it's impacted us in South Africa. What that means is that billions of rand, 500 billion to be precise, has been put towards helping the country economically. It will go towards citizens who are in absolute need, businesses who can no longer cope, and of course the health effort of dealing with the virus. Um, what I found interesting is the fact that he said a lot of the action and response is partly guided by science with the the, the scientists and the epidemiologists working with the, the various departments to just give clarity on where the virus is in terms of how it's playing out in society. So with all of this said, I mean, we're dealing with billions, we're dealing with millions, we're dealing with hundreds. It's all types of figures, but there are some interesting questions here that have ra been raised. And I suppose it's always important to ask questions uh, without sounding like you are opposing everything that's done, but also to have better clarity. We're joined on the line by political analyst Ralph Mateja. Good morning. Good morning, Mo. Good morning to the crew in studio and good morning to your listeners. I mean, it's quite a massive package. Uh, I see even on uh, CNN, without glorifying them, um, they've also noted it as quite um, a massive amount of money to towards the relief package. From a South African point of view, this is quite historic, isn't it? It is quite historic, Mo. I mean, uh, how much are we talking about? 500 billion, 200 million? I can't even figure <laughs> out the number. It's a huge amount that we're talking about here. Quite unprecedented indeed. We're seeing massive uh, transfer uh, of, of grants, actually. The biggest uh, transfer of grants we've ever seen. I can say to you, everybody's doing it more. The United States is giving its citizens, uh, some who are vulnerable, $1,200. Everyone who can afford it is trying that. Uh, Germany has got mm. its own stimulus package as well. Large amount, I think, to the tune of about half a billion uh, euros or dollars that side uh, in that range. Quite a huge figure. And I think the concern is that the buying power of people got, just got wiped off in, in overnight, mm. I would say. And now what do you do? You transfer money, you give to people. They're going to be able to spend to keep those companies going because the economy is depressed. You are, they're trying to create demand in an era where people are desperate economically. They need food, but they also need to continue to participate in the economy and spend some money. Mm, mm, uh, mm. The biggest part of, the, of this, more you can announce this. The biggest part is the rollout. How are you going to roll it out? How are you going to follow it? How are you going to make yep. sure it doesn't end where it's not supposed to? Mm -hmm. And, and it, it almost leads me to one of my follow-up questions, but we might as well entertain it now. I mean, we've seen with simple things, Ralph, like food packages, where at a local government level, um, some wayward individuals really just exploiting the situation and behaving in a very corrupt manner and that's uh, affecting uh, the rollout plan of what at times have been some very good ideas. So, I mean, how do we as a state even manage something like that? It's quite worrying. And it is always the case that uh, in moments of reconstruction, if you have corruption as endemic as we do have, and again, we're not being prophets of doom here. Already we are speaking about 
some of the questionable expenditure already within mm. the COVID 19 project. We've got a fence for 40 million. We've got 21 million uh, money that's being spent on blankets. Some are, some mm. are raising concerns about that. So, certainly, it is incumbent upon us to start uh, asking those questions as to how will that money be spent? How will it reach people? Corruption and so forth. And what you're pointing out to the food parcel crisis there. I mean, you could see the president was at pains having to address what I call a pedestrian issue such as the stealing of food parcel. I mean, mm-hmm. I wanted mm-hmm. to hear that one councillor went and took uh, grocery from his own grocery stash and supplemented to the people. But you are mm-hmm. hearing the opposite that people are taking. from. We need to change our attitude. And unfortunately, it appears that there is no amount of crisis that dissuades us from changing our attitude. I think, however, more majority of South Africans are doing their best. I, I wouldn't say we are a corrupt country. I would say we do have some people in power who have questionable morals. And Ralph, all these millions and billions, a lot of people are questioning where are they from and is it a good idea for us to get into uh, even more debt considering the very dire situation uh, that we were in even pre-lockdown? I mean, that's, that's an important question. Uh, I will give you a direct answer. Where does the money come from? We borrowed from our own children. They're mm. going to pay it in their tax in the future. That's just what it is. The question is, can we use it properly so that those kids, years down the line, when their tax goes to paying some part of this loan, they can say that, you know what, our forefathers, they did best with our money. I mean, this is where, as a generation, we can either, uh, you know, build an incredible legacy by just turning things around, mm-hmm. by just saying that, you know what, it's not about us. We, we, we wronged as much as we could. Let's do it for the future generation. This money is for our future generation. We are borrowing from various lending institutions, and there is no money that you can borrow without having to pay back interest. Whatever you hear, whatever mm-hmm. you say, mm-hmm. there is an interest mm-hmm. to be paid at times because your economy is so uncertain. You might even fail to service the interest, which means renegotiation and refinancing, and the lender makes more money. That's the world of finance. And Ralph, uh, just going on into Thursday, what do you think we can expect? Well, the reality is that uh, this very money that the president has spoken about, government is not in business. It is in the business of collecting tax and funding this. So what that means is that we have to start paying for this money that we are going to use, which is uh, uh, we have to open the economy. That is the way we have to go about. Mm. We have got to find a way to ease restriction. The reality is that you can no longer plan on the best case scenario when it comes to this. You're not going mm. to get a cure within months. So a lot of nations are already planning to adapt and ease their economies, making sure that that restaurant that is built on a capacity of 100, it might have to live with a capacity of 30 as a maximum allowable. I'm just putting it out there how mm-hmm. things are going to change that even when the restrictions are going to be eased. It's not going to be life as usual more. If you ask me, sure. Ralph, let's have coffee. I'm going to ask, hey, do you have Skype or what? Those are some <laughs> of the things that are going to happen. <laughs> Absolutely. And before you go, Ralph, there are uh, those who are very critical, understandably, but sometimes a little too contrarian who are saying, yeah, but was this the best option, you know, how can we go to the IMF, the World Bank, Brinks Banks, you name it. When you look at it, and I'm glad you also mentioned international best practice when you compare to other countries. When you look at it, was this the best plan in dealing with our situation? 
It was the best plan. You don't have money locally. Mm. Uh, you have been downgraded uh, twice uh, in about a month or so. Uh, you are not doing so well. And you are not the only one. Uh, nations are turning socialist. People are spending, people are borrowing, and that is the only mm. way. We do not have money locally. Remember, we still have to fund our normal, uh, 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 I'll say, items. We still have to fund things that need to be that are normal for mm, any society mm. to function, our roads and so forth. So that is why this has created a massive demand of expenditure that we cannot take from our existing budget. We can reprioritize here and there, but the reality is that we are going to have to borrow. Maybe borrowing, maybe when we use other people's money, we'll start to be careful. I'm hoping. <laughs> you know, just to make you laugh, yeah. uh, someone tweeted that, uh, uh, I don't understand debt. Why does Ramaphosa not print more money? Well, well you're going to you're going to have inflation. It's a good question indeed because some people, there are some economists who are saying that, you know what, government can print as money as it can, release it in the economy, and when there is inflation, government can raise interest rates. Interest rate is the way you try to manage the flow of money, you take it out. But mm, we're a globally mm. integrated uh, uh, economy. Let's just try not to go it alone. We cannot print. We will have our economic fundamentals getting completely out of control if we go that route. Our use of money should try as much as possible to reflect our economic activities.